The following podcast contains spoilers for Small Soldiers and the Innocents. You have been warned. Everybody to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Barton, and here with his other host is Miguel uh, Megosto. Hello. How are you, Glenn? <laughs> I'm peachy dandy. It's a nice That's sunny good. day outside That's in the good. world, and I'm in here all are inside you? and shit. <laughs> are you ready for your trivia question of the week? Bring it on, Michael. How many Oscars did Mad Max Fury Road pick up in February of 2016? Now, pick up means win or won, not nominated for. That's tough. It was nominated yeah. for a lot. Um, I will give you a hint. Once I pull up their IMDb page, I will give you the amount that it was nominated for. Uh, hopefully that will help you. It was nominated for 10. There wasn't multiple choice on this card. There is multiple choice, ah, but but you wanted the nominee. I, okay. I want I want to see <laughs> I want to see if you know how many there is just uh, off the top of your head. Ten were ten nominations. How many wins? I do have multiple choice if you want to go there. Is four? Ooh, no. Okay, your options are three, five, six, or eight. I like how it avoided every number that I said. <laughs> Which was up, one number. Straight up said, we're going to say three. Skip the one he fucking said. <laughs> Go five and then six. Uh, was it five? No, it's six. Damn. You know what? Not everyone can be as great as uh, these cards, I guess. Um, so uh, <laughs> That's the first one I missed, actually. Not that they've been hard, but... Yeah. So how you been? <laughs> Again, I've been dandy peachy, all, all sorts of fantastical. That's good. Uh, any 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 movies worth noting? Bet your ass. This time I did. Ooh. This time I did. We did not have internet at house. Uh, I want to say Glenn, but I'll probably get whipped for that. Um, <clears throat> we did not have any internet here, so I got to watch some movies without Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all that shit. I had to use my own personal collection. What? I know. So I decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna start watching a series. It's not a movie; it's a series. I mean, there's other movies, but uh, I started watching for the first time ever. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mmm. Yeah, yeah. Mmm. I'm almost a season deep already. It's actually way better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I've only seen a few episodes, but I remember it being pretty uh, that's, good. That's how I was, too. I was like, uh, I've seen a few episodes back in the day, but not, yeah. like, enough to be like, well, I'm definitely interested in this. Yeah. I was never interested in it. But now, because Amazon was like, here, you can have a whole series for $12 Blu-ray. I'm like, <gasps> duh. Thanks. <laughs> so I started watching that. Um, and then, of course, for movies, I decided to take a peek over to Clint Eastwood. A Fistful of Dollars. Ooh. I have the Man With No Name trilogy, so I'm, I'll get to those later, but I watched that first one. Yeah, I, I have the, the same trilogy. I've, I've seen them all. Uh, what'd you think of that? Actually really enjoyed it. Not, I'd not have like, to rewatch it. I feel like I wasn't 
in the right mindset because the only one of the three I really enjoyed was the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's that's um, the one that like everybody loves. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd have to re, uh, watch Fistful of Dollars and for a few dollars more just to see if I still feel, you know, underwhelmed by them. But uh, yeah, definitely worth a rewatch. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. Um, yeah. Were were they speaking Italian in that movie? And is that why Clint Eastwood's the only one that wasn't really dubbed? Yes. So okay, that makes uh, they're, so much they're sense. Sergio Leone movies. They're they're what you call spaghetti westerns, which are yeah. westerns made in Italy. Um, so pretty much everyone, but. Clint Eastwood was Italian. Um, it was throwing me off real hard. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure I could be wrong about this. I'm pretty sure he spoke Italian in the actual uh, filming of it because I do believe like the original language is Italian, and then they were it was just dubbed over here. Yeah, uh, and because he actually is American, he dubbed his own dialogue, which is why it's kind of harder to tell than the other ones. That's say because his didn't seem off at all. Yeah. Unless he's just really good at dubbing. I don't know. He might be. He also kind of just talks with his mouth closed for the most part. So. That, that's true. <laughs> that's also true. Yeah. Uh, my next movie is really just a short film. Uh, to It's a prequel to a movie that I thoroughly enjoy. And as a hot take, it might be a hot take, uh, that no one else loves. Uh, is this one's going to be called Van Helsing, The London Assignment. Mm. It was an animated short film. Uh, basically, if you bought the game, I think that you'd get this short film to watch. Um, it being a prequel leading up to the movie itself, um, it was okay. It's nothing. It's pretty much what you'd expect from getting something with a video game. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, Hugh Jackman himself voiced Van Helsing in the in the short film. How how old is that short film? Uh, 2004, so it came okay. out when the movie came out. Okay, so that was probably, uh, he probably recorded that before it bombed hard. Probably. Um, <laughs> which, um, I mean, it's not a great movie, but, you know. Yeah, and then it is the hot what take is. is, I watched Van Helsing, because I ordered it for $5 Steelbook Blu-ray. I was like, fucking, yes, give me that. <laughs> I will admit it's super goddamn campy and everything like that. Um, but I fucking I love that movie. I love that movie so much. I, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, so I, I might have to revisit it. Uh, um, How did this get made? Just did an episode on it where it was torn to shreds. Yeah, I, uh, I have no doubts that it, it yeah. most likely shouldn't have been made. I just I'm one of those people who love it. Uh, and yeah. also for me, it's still in like for my whole life since I've seen this movie. This has been my opinion that it still to me has my favorite uh, werewolf. Interpretation mm -hmm. of it Because the werewolves in that movie just look awesome But yeah. that's me A lot of people don't uh, have that same opinion Obviously Considering it's got a 2.5 here on <laughs> Letterboxd yeah. <laughs> uh, any, uh, any, yeah Anything else from this week? That That is it That is it All so right. far Well uh, I saw a few movies I saw uh, the first one I saw I saw Us for the fourth time at, Right after we recorded Jesus last week's episode Yeah but, uh, you know, other than that, <laughs> I watched Dumbo, uh, the Tim Burton mm -hmm. live uh, live action oh, remake. Tim Burton did that? Yeah. Uh, it kind of made me sad because I feel like he's just kind of... It's not just this movie. The past, His past, like, four or five movies have seemed very uninspired. And I think... I don't know. Like, it's it, it just screams that he's in, like, a depressive state. 
<laughs> Weird. And, and, like he's he's um that's really just umbo for you. Well, no, it's just like it just no, wasn't I know. I know. <laughs> it wasn't as inspiring as his other movies have been. It just kind of felt like he was going through the motions uh, just kind of doing exactly what Disney wanted, maybe with a little bit of his style, but not nearly enough to, you know, make it super obvious that it's yeah. him. Um, and, and it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I hope he kind of gets back into his, you know, his his unique style because it's... Uh, that would be nice. Everything from the 90s from him was just spectacular. Yeah, and and then you got Big Fish. Big Fish yeah. is fantastic. Uh, I know mo- a lot of people don't like musicals, but Sweeney Todd is fantastic. I still haven't seen that. It's it's great. Um, I was I was supposed to see it when uh, a friend of ours uh, was in a play of it, but <clears throat> that didn't that didn't happen. I was like, well, I'm just gonna just, uh, it's not gonna not gonna lose any life for me if I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, then the following day after I watched that, I watched uh, Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with um, how was that? It's it's not bad. It's not. I was, I was debating on seeing it. It's it's a good movie. It's uh, you know nothing to text home about, as we like to say. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just a lot of it is just kind of John Lithgow is definitely the best part of it, and yeah. Um, I, I had mentioned it to my, my boss over at Regal. I was like, I kind of want to see Pet Cemetery. He looked at me, took off his glasses, like in that very high maintenance fashion. Mm-hmm. I was like, why the hell would you want to see Pet Cemetery? I was like, well, I mean, it's got Jason Clark in it, John Lithgow. So I, there's that. And it can't be any worse, hopefully, than the first one. I haven't seen the first one. I haven't but either, but I'm I sure it's not it wasn't good. great. Yeah, it doesn't look that great. Uh, this one at least, you know, was decent. I, I didn't hate it. See, the problem with the, their recent trailer of it, the last one they made, threw me off. I was like, nah, okay. Uh, I've seen the whole movie now. I know what the plot's going to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely worth a, a look. Uh, maybe not in theaters unless you yeah. see it at your, your Regal and you can see it for free. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, then uh, I saw Shazam last night. Ooh. Which... <laughs> Funny is directed by the guy who directed Lights Out, and really? and one of the uh, the Annabelle pre the Annabelle prequel. Um, Did he redeem himself? It's a it's a fantastic movie. Honestly, like I, I love I loved it. Um, Miguel Magusto here with a first. <laughs> he liked a superhero movie. Everyone, I mean, applause. It kind of just made fun of superhero movies. It was, it, I don't it doubt was, it. It was more reminiscent of like I don't know. It it just it was you could tell they had fun with it and that's I feel like a lot of movies they don't have fun with anymore. It's yeah, like superhero it movies are just going through the the motions. This is their perfect opportunity to yeah. do that too. A lot darker than I thought it was going to be. Ooh. Um like uh, Mark Strong's character, mm-hmm. his power comes from the seven deadly sins. Oh. So there's like a bunch of demons in it and shit, which is completely obvious why they got David F. Sandberg to direct it because he directed, uh, you know, a bunch of horror movies. Yeah. Um, but then it, it also, you know, just has a lot of fun with it and and uh, it's really entertaining. So okay. uh, I, I highly suggest you see it. Yeah, we were we were going to see it Friday, but I uh, never got around to it. Um, yeah. And then Saturday came and then we were like, well, still not getting to yeah. it. Uh, this is actually the only DC movie that I've actually cared to want to see because mm-hmm. we totally skipped Aquaman. That's the first time I missed the superhero movie in theaters. I saw Aquaman, uh, but 
for everything I liked about Aquaman, I hated two more things. So it was not not good, but not bad, if that makes sense. M- more bad than good, but also yeah. not b- terrible. Um, I don't I don't want to say that this movie's going to redeem the DC universe, but I mean, it does look like honestly, it's got its handful of fun. It doesn't even feel like it's in the DC universe in, yeah. in a good way. I mean, the, it, the movie takes place in Philadelphia, which I wasn't even Ooh. aware existed in the DC universe. It does not. Um, does it actually like literally take place in Philly? Um, it, it takes place in Philly. Uh, it wasn't shot in Philly, but it takes place in Philly. Interesting. Um, but they did a really good job. Uh, it was shot mostly in Ontario. And they did a really good job at making it seem like it was Philly because there was definitely parts where like, you know, they, they have the, the climax of the scene takes place in a area that looks a lot like Penn's Landing. And they didn't um, get M. Night Shyamalan to make this movie. They did not get what M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, one of the fights happens on I-95 uh, oh. right uh, near or maybe it's the Schuylkill Expressway. Uh, but either way, it's like one of the major highways and it, it looks like it. it's definitely green screened, but it definitely yeah. they, they did a really good job at mixing uh, like random gas stations in Ontario that could be in Philly and then green screen where they inserted parts of Philly okay. into it. And uh, it was they definitely they shot it um, part of it at the uh, Philadelphia uh, Art Museum referenced Rocky a lot, which is funny that's um, weird yeah and, and that part they actually shot at the art museum uh you could tell it wasn't green screen or anything but it was it was still pretty cool um, i do i do want to look up where shazam actually usually does take place it's definitely not in philly because you know i'm sure there's some super nerd out there that cares that it doesn't take oh, place wait, in central it does, city it does say here uh in an orphanage in philadelphia oh well, there you go okay there well, you go case closed goddamn closed. Glenn. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, the only two movies I watched, uh, two other movies I watched were the ones for uh, this episode. Yeah, the so, only thing I do want to say before we close that out sure. is, wasn't Dwayne Johnson supposed to play Black Adam? And like, that was that was like the biggest confusion that I've ever had, because Black Adam is like Shazam's like arch nemesis. I have no idea. You would know more so than me. maybe... There'll be like another fucking Justice League movie against Black Adam and Dwayne Johnson. Be like, oh, I've got muscles. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, Two movies on. that we saw. Two movies. So let's start with the epic drama, Small Soldiers. Global Tech Defense System. In a secret lab, the world's most advanced military microprocessor has been created. But the Cold War is over. For Globotech to survive, new markets must be found. Now, all that power has been placed into the brain of a fighting machine unlike any known to man. They made it strong. They made it clever. They made it small. They made a mistake. Major Chip Hazard reporting for duty, sir. Wow, voice activated. Commandos, team cut. Small soldiers made in 1998. When missile technology is used to enhance toy action figures, the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously. Directed by Joe Dante, uh, written by Gavin Scott, Adam Rifkin, and like three other people. Uh, stars Kirsten Dunst, Gregory Smith, David Cross, and a whole 
lot of people. Tommy Lee Jones, freaking everybody is in this. Jay Moore, got Dennis Leary. Who, who, who don't, Kevin Dunn? Who don't you want to be in this? Oh, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, rest in power. Rest in power. I don't know why I whisper a lot in this. I don't it's know. Weird. But uh, th- yeah, this is the first time I've seen it since it was in theaters in 1998. So uh, this was a nice trip down memory lane for me. Um, surprisingly, I remembered a lot of it. Same. Yeah. Mainly the things that I remembered were the, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. I can't sing any more than that. That'll get we'll get <laughs> copyrighted. Yeah, um, but uh, this was I know this wasn't a great movie, mm-hmm. but it was a lot more fun than I remember. Oh yeah, you know, like I really enjoyed it when I was a kid, but like looking back as an adult, I was like, man, that movie probably is terrible now. But mm-hmm. then I watched it; it was a lot more fun than I remember it being. It's so way it's so creative. Yeah, it it's, really is. It's insanely creative. Like, you think, oh, this is just like a kind of a kid's movie. Uh, imagine Toy Story that's rated R. Now, imagine Chucky that's rated PG-13. Now, take all that. You got small soldiers. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. so creative. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's, it was just really fun to watch you know that it's definitely a movie unfortunately that they can't make anymore because absolutely not not it's people nowadays like realism way too fucking much mm-hmm. to the point where people are like asking for just to use a movie today for us is like where do they get the jumpsuits does it really fucking matter where they mm. got the jumpsuits in us like just fucking watch a movie Suspension yeah. of disbelief, man. <laughs> is, Just do it. Just get over it. This is definitely something that could not be made today because people would be like, well, why is a weapons company making toys? Which is definitely a question Which I asked. they explain in the what? beginning, too. Yeah, they explain it. Not well, but they explain no. <laughs> They explain it. And it's it's I, I just feel like audiences now too much thrive on being smarter than a movie. But then yeah. they go ahead and love fucking Marvel movies, which are dumber than shit. Uh, I mean, I still well, enjoy how them. They, how did they explode and get all those powers? I don't how, know. Spider bit that dude. How did Thanos snap with a metal glove on? You can't snap <laughs> with a metal glove on. It's impossible. But uh, it's it's. Um, but he's got the glove. He can make it snap. <laughs> it's the reality stone. Uh, I'll argue this like. <laughs> I, it's just it's people don't like fun no. anymore unless it's Marvel this, in which they lose their shit and and even Marvel is like stopping fun. Turn your brain off for it. yeah, but Marvel like has still, really, has stopping fun too and and just has tried to be too real in the wrong ways. Um, yeah, even and, even I've said I've kind of grown tired of some Marvel movies. Yeah, and that's you. That's you love yeah. that shit. I love um, Marvel movies, but yeah, I mean. Like you said, it was very creative. They, you, I, you could tell the, the one thing I miss about today's movies is seeing like really creative robotics and animatronics mm-hmm. created uh, that I could just tell the um, you know special effects team had fun with the animatronics team, mm-hmm. uh, and this just seemed like they picked people from the show Robot Wars and had them make a lot of robots, which was for real. They they, they were like, here, take all these household appliances and make anything you possibly can with it. Yeah. 
Because that everything like you look at it, the RC cars, the helicopters, uh, just even the the soldiers or action figures, they all have household appliances like mm-hmm. stuff you'd find there that the small soldiers would actually make. It's so creative, and that's that's why I was saying it's so creative. Because like you're looking at these things, and you're like, somebody put a lot of thought into all this. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. The thing that was probably I don't want to say annoying but most like super 90s was the writing uh yeah. they had like the most painful exposition like one thing I hate uh hated uh I mean it's I understand why they, it's a kids movie it's PG-13 yeah. but it's essentially a kids movie um and they have that part where uh <laughs> David Cross and Jay Moore are given super private passwords and David Cross <laughs>, laughs. It's like, mine's gizmo. <laughs> and then uh, they cut directly to Jay Moore forgetting his. And he goes, what's my password? What's my password? What's funny is he put it in his uh, shirt pocket and yeah. then checks his shirt pocket and it's not there. Yeah. Why so I, I'm sure there's a cut scene there, but it's, it's just filled with that kind of exposition, which, you know, kind of gets annoying, but it's a uh, charming in a way since it's super nineties. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought, uh, you know, for 90s, child acting today has gotten so much better because I feel <laughs> so like so much better because I feel like uh, kid actors nowadays actually take it seriously. Like uh, um, the kid from Shazam, whose name is escaping me, mm-hmm. it's like Dylan, Dylan, well, that and Jacob Tremblay or anybody you want to yeah, really yeah they, they they take it seriously they are actually you know decent actors even for kids mm-hmm. while the acting in this wasn't great it was better than other 90s movies i've seen i mean yeah. you got kirsten dunce who's made a career out acting so she's definitely had some skill and i would also like to say this is i would argue that this is a better kiss than spider-man which one you know the one. Oh, the one where he like grabs her head yep and the, he's the, like the, come here babe <laughs> Not the but, upside uh, down shit. That's not romantic. We've seen that mm-hmm. in Spider Man. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think Gregory Smith, who plays Alan, the main kid in this, he did a, a decent job as well. Um, I loved all of the voices for the toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Tommy Lee Jones as <laughs> Chip Hazard, which you know flew over my head as a kid. But goddamn, if that's not foreshadowing in mm-hmm. that name. <laughs> <laughs> a microchip hazard. Uh, then you have Frank Langella uh, for Archer, who's the main Gorgon. Um, Bruce Dern as Link Static, which I didn't recognize his yeah, voice at all. Most of these you wouldn't recognize. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely doing uh, doing voices, but you have Christopher Guest, uh, Michael McKean. Harry Shearer, people that you would recognize, but they definitely changed their voice enough. Um, but definitely Frank Langella as the main Gorgon and Tommy Lee Jones were definitely. Uh, you could tell it was them. Yeah, there was there was one that I wasn't really that I didn't really care for voice acting wise. And it's because, you know, the it was like Punch It, the, the big rhino looking dude. They made mm. him sound like more like Frankenstein than they did the actual Frankenstein action figure looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Whose name I'm not even going to remember. Freakenstein. Freakenstein. Yeah. I don't know. That was that threw me off a little bit. I was like, why do they got two people sounding like Frankenstein a little bit? Mm-hmm. Or Igor or whatever. You, you know what I'm saying. 
Yeah. That's the only thing that threw me off. That's the only thing that really I didn't care for. But yeah. other than that, everybody was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think they did a surprisingly decent job at um, using foreshadowing and and uh, kind of just coming back to things that mentioned uh, most notably the uh, satellite like the satellite is introduced in the first act uh, when Phil Hartman's character is trying to get it set up and then it essentially becomes the thing that saves the Gorgons in the Mm -hmm. end from getting fried from the uh, electromagnetic pulse and um, you know that's something that was I mean, it's 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 a your typical storyline. It's it's basic storytelling, but yeah, it's not something I expected from this kind of movie. I did not. Yeah. Um, what else can we really say? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's 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 a PG thirteen movie from the nineties. The soundtrack was horrifically nineties. Uh, it also there's some eighties music in there too, which was a uh, unexpected a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's, it's a good uh, it's a good throwback. Absolutely. For just a random. It definitely, I don't want to say it holds up, but it holds up better than I expected to. Yes. Uh, I was expecting to just roll my eyes the entire time, and I was actually enjoying it. You yeah. know, I, I was uh, interested the whole time. Phil Hartman plays a delightful jackass like he normally does. <laughs> I love um, how Phil Hartman, he just like, when he says like lines, he'll be like, well, here's the deal. And then yeah. he like stretches out the last line. Ready to spring into action. Butch Meat Hoop, prepare to go to distance. Hit Nitro, demolition. <laughs> Kip Killigan, sharp as a razor. You are the best of the best. Heartland Play Systems. I'm having trouble with the Commando Elite. Ah, it's like they're alive. Let's roll some armor. We got us a war to win. The few. We have met the enemy. He is big. He is fast. Gaia. The proud. He has revealed a weakness. Alan, please, you have to help. <laughs> Major Chip Hazard wants a war. We'll give him a war. The small. Who are you calling small? This summer. Babes at 12 o'clock. Join the Commando Elite. Gentlemen, those are reinforcements. Windows, attack! No mercy! Incoming! All soldiers. Command post to break bazooka. Report. It's just a flesh wound, sir. You have to be crazy not to be scared. This movie, I think, is actually dedicated to him because he died two months before it came out. Oh, man. Um, Unfortunately, you know, in the murder-suicide, which is... uh, Honestly, I, I... he died before I knew who he was, and I still didn't really know who he was after uh, Small Soldiers. Yeah. But I, when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I really got into his his work uh, on news radio and SNL and stuff like that. And I was just, I I watched his stuff not knowing he was dead. I was like, yeah, what has he done lately? And I saw he died in '98, and then I read up on it, and it just absolutely destroyed me. Yeah, because he's. I think I found out around like. 2011 or so yeah because he he's just a he's just a fan he was a fantastic comedy talent and yeah uh one of the funniest people and and he just seemed like uh from from all interviews i've seen where people talk about him he's just uh you know he he was just like a, a a loving guy and to die the way that he did is very tragic yeah um especially since uh you know i don't know if you know much about it 
but uh, his wife was essentially clean. She she had a cocaine addiction, and then she was essentially clean, and then uh, ha- had a uh, she kind of fell off the wagon, uh, unfortunately because of Andy Dick, um, and then one day just killed him in his sleep, and then killed herself. But uh, well, now that we're all sad and stuff, do you yeah. uh, rest in power? Obviously. Rest in power, Phil Harmon. I guess that's the best segue we could go for the uh, the next movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, keeping on the the down downward spiral of of depression, uh, let's get into the innocence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's probably the best way we could have done it. That, that, that is not... Hey, speaking of soldiers, here's, here's some soldiers and bad things happening. That is not what I was expecting, but I kind of just wanted to get into Phil Hartman. Just yeah. because it is an interesting but tragic story. It is. So anyway, The Innocence, uh, <laughs> directed by Anne Fontaine. Uh, written by Sabrina Corinne, Alice Vial, uh, Anne Fontaine, Pascal Bond-Itzer, and Philippe Menil. I love and these st- moments when you can't pronounce anything. <laughs> you shut your mouth right now. <laughs> Starring Lou Delaga, Agata Buzek, Agata Kuletska, or Kuletza, Vincent, you shut your face, Vincent McCain, and Joanna Kulig. Uh, the Innocence tells a story of a convent in 1945. Mathilde is a French Red Cross doctor working on a mission to help French survivors of the German camps. While she works in Poland, she is asked to help by a nun in her convent. Several nuns got pregnant. Um, and as you find out later, not by their own choice. And uh, essentially, this movie is about how terrible Russians are. Mm. Um yeah, or just people are for that matter. Yeah, people. But they definitely they the, go uh, on Russians a lot. The Russians in this scenario. But uh, yeah, it's um. Uh, what can we say? What, what did you think of this movie? I'm I'm curious to see what you you thought. I actually really enjoyed this movie. As yeah. uh, sad as it was. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I kind of. Watched it late last night. I kind of wish I had watched it at a different time because I, I found myself you mean like struggling. Six in the morning, like me. No, no, like uh, so I started it at eleven thirty, um, but I, I kind of found it difficult to kind of keep track of what was going on and pay attention. Yeah, uh, not to any fault of the movie. It was 
my fault for doing it at the like a terrible time. I mm-hmm. watched Small Soldiers in the morning. I should have switched them. I should have watched The Innocents in the morning and then <laughs> yeah, Small I, Soldiers. I watched, I watched this one first and then I watched Small Soldiers just so I can yeah. go into this podcast not being super sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, uh, you know, this this really explored the complexity of like pregnant nuns i guess there's no better way to put it um no uh, i guess that's the best way you could put it um yeah the the covenant or the convent obviously uh, what would happen if the nuns had got pregnant uh what would happen if a uh, a french doctor would help these said people just there's a lot of a lot of different things it really explores here yeah and i i, I personally love the movie for how much it actually explored yeah, uh, and, and um, you know, it's it's kind of a one thing I didn't even think about was how uh, to a lot of nuns, probably more so back then than now, um, back in the the 40s, a lot of nuns wouldn't even want themselves to be examined by a doctor mm-hmm. uh, in their, you know, sexual organs just because there's. You know, they, they think that's breaking nuns, their chastity vows. Yeah, nuns aren't supposed to be seen through, you know, underneath the clothing and stuff yeah. like that. So that was like, and, and it was kind of frustrating at times because you're like, just let her, like, examine you. You know, yeah. she's a doctor. She's there to help you. But then at the same time, I mean, like, oh, right, they, they took vows of chastity. And it's a little more complex than just letting a doctor... You know, yeah, it's it, it, religion it's a, versus science at that point. Yeah, religion versus science, and it's also even though these women were raped, they still feel like great shame, even though it's not their fault at mm-hmm. all. Uh, just because the time, the times that it, it, it takes place in, they um, thought that it was their fault, even though you know, absolutely not their fault. It's just something that happened. And uh, another thing that I thought very interesting was they the the um abesse i guess is the 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 mother uh the the main nun um kind of takes the babies and just puts them by the side of the road in hopes that they will be picked up yeah um that that really kind of i did not even think that that was a thing that nuns would do mm-hmm. um it is kind of just showed you more how complex the situation was. It wasn't, they in no way wanted word to get out that. Yeah. They didn't want their convent to get shut down. So yeah. what she does is she got rid of this child. Um, she put it at this, this cross on the side of the road and hoped that God would find its way for it. Yeah. And she, hopefully somebody would pick it up or something like that. From what I uh, noticed or gathered, I, I think that happened a couple of times too. They only showed one, but I feel like they hinted that it happened multiple times. Um, and yeah, I think, kinda, I think it was only once. Yeah. It might've only been once, but either way, it was still, it was, just, it was a heavy burden to make you think that she yeah. would do it again. Now, uh, Sister Sophia, uh, who's the one that ends up killing herself because her child is put, taken away or mm-hmm. whatever, was she also the one that said she struggled with her faith? No. Okay. Um, um, and forgive me because a lot of these names kind of got mixed up and since they yeah, were all wearing hoods, kind of mixed me up a little too. Yeah, there's probably two that are uh, um, discernible from the rest of them and then the rest kind of just blend in. I think... Um, and forgive me if I'm wrong. 
uh, it was either Teresa or Irina that uh, it was definitely Irina. I think it was the one that was helping uh, Matilda around. Oh, Joanna Kulig's character. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, but uh, the thing oh, that kind of dude, I don't even know. There's so many different pictures. They all look the same. <laughs> no offense to these French ladies. Well, I mean, the, their faces oh, are... No, this is it. This is her. Uh, Maria. Maria. She, she she's wrote the, one, the letter at the end, too. That's right. She's the one that uh, lost her faith, essentially. Um, I kind of wish they explored that more, because in Catholicism, uh, suicide is the only sin that is automatically sending you to hell, mm-hmm. um, because you can't... You, you kill yourself before you can uh, atone for your sin, um, you know, this is just Catholicism. I'm not, I'm not saying that if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. Um, I personally don't believe in hell, but, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I wish they kind of explored that more cause they kind of, while they did kind of show the respect that she deserved afterwards, yeah. uh, knowing that growing up in a religious household where my dad, uh, grew up Catholic and, uh, I mean, we weren't Catholic, but he grew up Catholic. I, I know that um, that is a major belief in Catholicism. So I kind of wish they explored that a little bit more. But at the same time, it's also not a huge part of the story. So I understand why they didn't. I just think it would have been interesting to see how it was handled at yeah. that point and and how it was, uh, you know, taken by the rest of the convent. And if... I I personally think in this time in that place they probably would have mourned her differently at that point. Um but yeah, I just I just that's just my personal opinion. I wish it was explored more. Um I I guess we'll go into a little bit of controversial talk here. Uh I am not really a religious person, person at all. Persian? Persian, you know, different aspect of human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a religious person at all. I, I don't mind watching films like these about religion and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I really enjoyed all the different looks at how some of these nuns, like what their uh, view on the whole thing is. Because mm-hmm. each, each nun, they either... They either uh, rejected wanting to have a child, rejecting seeing the child or anything like that, or uh, there was one who gave up being a nun because this is this is our child. This child deserves uh, a mother, so yeah. she gave up being a nun. There was nuns that were questioning their faith, and then there was nuns who were straight up being a full-blown nun. Straight yeah. up. Have you ever heard of Providence? Yeah. So I... I really enjoy things like that instead of just being like a one aspect religion type of person. Yeah, honestly, uh, my biggest problem with religious movies, um, you know, kind of like God's Not Dead, they're very one sided. Yeah. Um, and th- my whole thing is like if you are not questioning a person's faith in a movie, are you what are you afraid of? Like if is your, if you really believe this, is your faith so weak that you can't take someone else questioning their faith? Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's honestly the biggest problem I have with religious movies is that the only person questioning 
their faith or lack thereof are like the atheists and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I don't believe in God, but this thing's making me question if I believe in God or not. It's like, yeah, I, it, but you're, you're absolutely right. In this, it, there's, there's a whole bunch of different angles. There's people that straight up end the movie not believing in God. There's people that, you know, think they were being punished by God. There's people that are just like, hey, God still exists, but, you know, this is not on us. This is on, or God, this is on strictly the Russian people. There's people who are just like, you kind of, you nailed it on the head. There's, yeah. I, it really makes it more interesting. And, and I, in, I just, in, not in that this is a religious of, uh, movie in any, any sense, but I, I feel like religious movies could learn. Yeah, from, I mean, it's a huge, that. it's a huge aspect on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the, in the case for uh, Sister so- Sophia, um, I didn't. I didn't mind that they didn't go into more depth. It would have been mm. nice to see it, but they still had so many other nuns in the film to still check out, and they had a whole another. It's it, yeah. It was it was a really good movie, and I, they did very very well on just even jumping into that type instead yeah. of just being like a one aspect. I th- I think the thing that I I with the sister Sophia, I just kind of. I know it probably would not have fit this movie. I just think it'd be an interesting subject in general oh, no to doubt. tackle. No doubt. Um, but yeah, I, like it's it's a thing that I just wish happened. But at the same time, I understand completely why they didn't explore it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone in this is is fantastic. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Lou, Lou DeLaga, um, who I'm, pr- I'm probably butchering her last name. Uh, she plays uh, Mathilde, who is the French Red Cross um Nurse, yeah, she's the, she, she's the doctor that comes helps. Yes, yeah. she's she's the central point of the entire story, and and her kind of, you could see her befriending all of these nuns and just kind of feeling what they're feeling, and in a sense, not, maybe not as terribly, but like also being in a similar situation with Russian soldiers at one point, who you know. Which sexually, was sexually which was a her, very but, very rough scene. If oh it would have went yeah. any further, I mean, it was it was rough already. I'm like, Ooh, I'm about to watch this happen, and then yeah. luckily it was like, whew, yeah. Whew. But uh, whew, if it went Honestly, any further than that, this movie would have been real rough. Sexual assault <laughs> and rape scenes are way harder for me to watch than murder scenes. <laughs> um, maybe just because like it's because the person lives with it after that, the yeah, character that, or whatever. That and also I can. Knowing how movies are made, I can uh, know how they simulated someone dying in a movie. But like, you know, as far as like grabbing a woman in in any way, they have to do that. I mean, obviously, there's no actual sexual assault, but it's acting, but still it's it's, it's acting, but it's, it's, it's good acting. Yeah. (laughs) Not, not, Hey, that's a good thing you're doing. That's now that's just, they're doing their job. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it's very hard to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, another, another thing about the, the Matilda character is that she's doing all of this in secrecy. Um, so she has just as much to lose as the the convent does mm-hmm. if if anybody finds out that she's either helping them or that these nuns are having children and sh- stuff like that um, she's got just as much to lose as anybody else in this movie does yeah. and the fact that she 
keeps helping them regardless of that fact is yeah. what makes her such a great character. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I don't know if it was clear to you, but uh, the character of Samuel, Samuel, uh, who is the doctor at the Red Cross. Yeah. Uh, I didn't pick up that he was Jewish at first. Not until he said it, no. Yeah. So when he said that the only Polish people he liked were the ones in the ghettos and they're all dead now, mm-hmm. I was like, Jesus, dude, like, yeah. you're not even going to hide your anti-Semitism? And then I found <laughs> out he was Jewish. I was like, oh, okay. I, it makes I sense get now. It. Yeah, it makes sense now. <laughs> so I mean, I kinda, also, it's also us not really... Yeah, back, I, back then they saw somebody they're like you're definitely Jewish, you fucking prick. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> remember don't them saying. Like that? I don't remember them saying his last name um, until I don't that either. until when he goes to the convent. But uh, if they did, I probably would have known. But I, I, don't, I don't recall. Yeah, when he gets happening. to the convent, he's like, "Yes, I'm Jewish. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm yes, not I'm Jewish. Baptized. I'm going to hell. Do you want help or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help you." But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid movie. I really, um, you know, kind of wish I watched it at a different time, but that's on uh, me, me, not the me, movie. Me too, because uh, this, this, at 6 in the morning is very tough to get into also, <laughs> but it's it wasn't, this movie wasn't one that I was just like, all right, maybe I'll be on my phone and kind of twiddle around. Like, like I kind of did with Small Soldiers, but I had yeah. already seen that movie. But this one I was kind of watching the whole time. Uh, understanding the story, understanding the characters, understanding everything that was going on, and I really enjoyed it. It uh, it brought so much to the table. Uh, especially, I'm a I, I really enjoy World War II stuff as well. So it's nice seeing the sideline stuff of World War II and what are some of the effects that happened, like soldiers raping nuns. Mm, mm-hmm. Not saying that's a fun thing to watch, but obviously you didn't get to see that in this movie. But it, it's a it's an after effect of some of the things that happened from the war and tragic that it, I guarantee still happens today. Yeah. What a world we live in, right? People are shit. C'est la première fois que je fais ça. Je peux vous faire envoyer une sage-femme de la Croix Rouge polonaise. Vous faites ça, c'est la fin de notre couvent. Ni pour trafic, pour gâter ce moyen vie en tant que fête d'ingénieur. Vous n'aurez pas seulement besoin de l'aide de Dieu. We have discussed Small Soldiers and the Innocents, and now we come to the judgment. Glenjamin Button, hmm. the third. Hmm. Yes. What is your judgment for Small Soldiers? <laughs> Actually, I'll be honest. I didn't think about putting it on a shelf. I was just like, let's let's watch it. <laughs> uh, and that's what kind of makes it more tough because I didn't think about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is going to be in high regards to a childhood memory. Uh, but do we hold a shelf boy for just a childhood memory? That's that's the key question here, isn't it? That is the key question. <laughs> um it did, it did, in my opinion, hold up. It was funny. The writing wasn't fantastic. The soundtrack, 
it was pretty nineties. Mm-hmm. Even though it had some eighties stuff, it was it was it was pretty generic. Um, the acting was okay from at least the child actors. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. Do I put a childhood memory on a shelf boy? Do you want me to chime in with my thoughts yeah, before give, you give decide? Me a little, give me a little bit of sugar, I, honey. I, I, won't, I won't make my decision until I hear your decision, but as far as, you know, nostalgia goes, I feel like there are probably 90s movies that uh, you and I both hold in higher regard mm-hmm. than Small Soldiers. Um, while I do enjoy this movie, uh, it's kind of more of an afterthought to like this Jumanji or Space Jam. True. Uh, and while it is better than I expected, it was a fun movie. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts and that kind of made it more clear what I'm leaning, but I just want to <sighs> throw that yeah, out there. I think there. you're right. I think that voice acting was great as well, but overall it's just, it, it's just a fun movie to just throw back to. Yeah. Um, but that's really it. I don't really hold it in higher regard other than that. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a fantastic choice. I've missed watching the movie. But as far as it, this wouldn't be one that I'd be like, fucking small soldiers. God damn. Let's watch that again <laughs> next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with you. I, I, I think uh, as fun as it is, as better that it holds up than we thought it would, uh, I'm, I'm saying no to the, the, the shelf boy for this one. Sorry, shelf boy soldiers. Sorry, shelf boy small soldiers. So, still a fantastic movie though. Let's let's uh, talk about the much happier movie, The Innocents. <laughs> the bright and shiny The Innocents. The bright and shiny, not to be confused with The Innocents, not depressing Netflix French movie. Show. The Innocents. Yeah, that I I kind of I wish I had pointed that out last time. There's a, a show that's called The Innocents that. Well, I didn't even see Almost it. Like, when I pointed out, or when I typed in The Innocence on Google, it popped up the movie and had no anything about the show until mm-hmm. after you said something about it today yeah. or last night. But, uh, yeah, this movie, I definitely want to give it a rewatch when I'm in more of a mindset to watch it. Um, but, uh, y- you know, until we started talking about it, I was probably going to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, c- kind of talking about it definitely made me realize how much of interest is actually here and how well made it is. Uh, eventually, I do want to have an episode maybe on our one year anniversary going through all the shelf boys and see if they stay on going through all the ones that did not get on the shelf and see if they go on or at least get honoraries, uh, get honoraries. Um so I definitely want to rewatch this before then. But for now, I think, yeah, I think it, it is a shelf boy. I will agree with you, and that is mainly to the fact that I said before, I'm not really a religious person, uh, again, person. I grew up being raised Christian. I can't fucking speak about religion today, apparently. Christian persons. Um, But movies like this, they really... It really shows you a whole different side of the story than, like you said, uh, God's not dead or anything like that. Yeah. Um... You, Not that they're comparable in any all, way. All of these but, people were human beings. Uh, God, God was like it was. A, it was a religion in this thing, not like a forced aspect. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed all the characters, uh, stories, uh, what they had to lose, and stuff like that. I I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Even it though I had to read it. It was a good examination of how people react regarding their faith after a tragedy has happened to them, which mm-hmm. was fantastic and uh, very interesting to watch. 
So, if I'm not mistaken, does that mean the Innocence is a shelf boy? It is a shelf boy. So, Small Soldiers does not make it onto the shelf. The Innocence does make it on the shelf. And we got a special episode for you guys next week. Glenn is going to take over and pick both movies. And it's I believe my week, he, bitches. I believe he has a double feature. I do. So... Uh, we didn't really dwell into action too much, so I feel the best way to do that is to watch two of the best action movies to date. Not, mm-hmm. I won't say I won't say the best. They're they're up there, boys and <laughs> ladies. Um, they're up there. <laughs> uh, the Raid Redemption and The Raid Two. Some of the most badass fighting movies anybody in the world has ever seen. Some of the greatest cinematography, too. And The Raid Redemption, made in 2011, is directed by Gareth Evans, uh, stars... Oh, God damn it, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) (laughs) Written by Gareth Evans as well, stars Iko Awais, uh, Nada George, and Ray Sehepi. And so that's the first one. That's Raid what Redemption. What was that about mispronouncing Sucker, names? Suck a lollipop, some bitch. <laughs> Why can't I look at this one? It's not letting me click on that. All right. Well, the Raid 2 is basically everybody else in the same same thing. Yeah, same thing. Same people. I'm really excited to rewatch these movies. Uh, where can we watch them if they're not like me and own them both on Blu-ray? The Raid Redemption is on Netflix. The Raid 2, however, is not. So the Raid 2 will have to be on Amazon Prime to rent for $3, Voodoo, iTunes, all that jazz. It has to be rented. So unfortunately, I'm making you boys and ladies spend money for the second movie, but the first one is on Netflix, if you don't already own it. Fantastic. I'm excited to talk about these movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll, uh, for the week after that, I'll try to pick a double feature myself. My shelf boy. Uh, but that will do it for this week. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it for this week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.